Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Monday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another week of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi and, of course, online at supertalkhattiesburg.com, supertalklaurel.com, and the uh, state website as well, Mississippi News. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Got a good show today. Jack Duggan from Sports Information at Southern Miss is going to be joining us. We're going to be uh, talking a little later in the show to Kelly Santer, who I'm sure you know hadn't been here for the past couple of weeks. Uh, Kelly's going to start gradually coming back on the show and are going to let fans know in the last hour uh, where he's been and what's been going on with him uh, back since the 4th of July. I think Kelly has a really powerful message for our listening audience later in the show, so we hope You'll stay tuned for that. Opening segment of the show is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics and the Eagle Hour. You can enjoy their delicious food no matter the circumstance that swirls around us right now. Seven days a week, you can take it home. You can pick it up through the drive-thru. You can eat inside if you choose to do that. But however you choose to enjoy it, just do because Dickie's uh, is a proud supporter of Southern Miss. And, of course, they serve delicious food seven days a week as we said kelly sander joining us uh, later in the show uh, another week we start with no games to talk about but lots of news as of today the ivy league the colonial athletic conference the MEAC, the patriot Con- the patriot league and the centennial conference have all canceled fall sports because of covid19 the national junior college athletic association uh, has moved uh, football and some other major fall sports back to spring uh, nationally, Mississippi's uh, Athletic Junior College Athletic Association resisting that at the moment. And then Friday, the news breaks that the Southwestern Athletic Conference, better known as the SWAC Conference, is going to cancel its fall football season. Uh, later clarified, uh, they're meeting this afternoon, the athletic directors and presidents of all the SWAC schools, to make that decision. And that, of course, uh, that decision will have a direct impact on Southern Miss as they're scheduled on the 19th of September to play a SWAC school, of course, in Jackson State. We asked Jack Duggan, Sports Information Director, to come on the show this afternoon to talk about that and some other things. And, Jack, first of all, thanks for coming on the show. Can you tell us, has there been any communication between Jackson State and Southern Miss uh, regarding this latest news? Uh, not that I'm aware of, but uh, certainly I'm not going to be in those conversations. Uh uh, it would not surprise me uh, if there has been some dialogue between the two schools, uh, just you know, trying to to form up and and 
and and get ready as as we get closer and closer uh, to our scheduled 2020 football season. Jack, if that vote comes down this afternoon and if the SWAC does cancel its football season, I, I guess this is kind of a dumb question, but I'm assuming it would be too late for Southern Miss to do anything other than just leave uh, September the 19th as an open date. Well, you just never know. I mean, uh, I saw on Twitter last week where Western Michigan and Stony Brook uh, – scheduled a game in like two days. So mm-hmm. I think, I think we're in a world right now where, where all, all of the, what we kind of know and, and, and what we've, what we've seen and what we've, you know, done, uh, is going to be different. And we don't know, you know, what that is. And, you know, certainly we're still trying to, 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 to get to a point where we can play for this 2020 season, get up, uh, as much, if not our whole schedule, in, and uh, so uh, you just don't, you just don't know. It's just uh, you know, I mean, everything just seems to change on a daily basis. Right. That um, you know, it, 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 it's 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 the craziest thing that I've that I've been involved with, at least in terms of athletics, in the thirty years that I've been doing it. No question. I think it's safe to say. You correct me if I'm wrong. That uh, if this if this occurs, the school would like would like, if possible, to schedule a home game and not lose a home football opportunity. Oh, sure. There's there's no doubt about that, and and uh, I'm sure I'm sure our people are have talked have talked. Our upper administration has talked about contingency plans on you know in case we do lose conference games or non conference games rather, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll just. You know, I mean, it, it, again, it's just, it's just, you know, you just have to prepare and and get ready for for when and if we have dominoes that fall, right? And and, and that's just what we're going to do, right, Luke? Jack, what you meant to say, you weren't privy to those conversations because you sent all your subordinates into those conversations because you're in charge of all the decision making, really, with NCAA football in general, right? That is that is true. I I believe we came up with that hypothesis last week when I was on the show. So and I I have made no decision yet on canceling any games. So they're relieved well, in Alabama know, it, to know that too, Jack. Yeah, you know that. I'll pass the word on to Nick when I talk to him this afternoon. Anyway, okay. um. So, but yeah, the Jacksons. If, if the SWAT cancels officially today, that that hurts. It's not just a home game, but I mean. Jackson State, and even when Southerns come in, when Alcorns come in, it's a guarantee 30,000-plus 30, crowd. And I guess that's the, the part about it is it's so good for both programs. It's good for Jackson State to play. It's good for the state. It just kind of hurts and stinks all the way around. No, I agree. And, uh, you, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a marquee game in the state of Mississippi. Anytime that, that two in-state uh, schools uh, – play each other and uh you know there's always a lot of interest around that weekend it doesn't matter who it is and uh, you know if it's two state schools get together it's always fun and it's always hey let's let's beat your brother and uh you know certainly if that's a game that we we are not able to play uh, certainly it certainly will be uh, something we don't we would not like to see that's for sure 
So Golden Eagles back on campus this past week. They've just been doing some film work and, and some uh, conditioning stuff. Got one more week of that before they can actually start doing walkthroughs. Any, it's been all quiet on the football front, I guess, for you, huh? Yeah, it has been. Uh, you know, we were supposed to have a uh, conference media day uh, this week, but uh, that was postponed. Uh, we'll, we'll do some other kind of uh, things this week uh, with uh, uh, coaches and players. May not necessarily be with football, but um, just some things uh, uh, that we'll that we'll try to work on instead of that. And uh, you know, we'll just as we get closer, we may have we that may be rescheduled. We just don't know yet. And uh, you know, it's just kind of quiet around here. Just you know, you hear. I don't know if you've ever been in the. For those that, that are familiar with the Duff Athletic Center, if you've never been in the building, um, you know when the players are working out because you can hear the thunderous uh, dropping of, of, of dumbbells uh, in the floor below you if you're on the second floor, which I which I am. So you know you know when teams are working out. So uh, so you know when you know when you got players in the building. <laughs> so. Uh, it uh, you know, but that that you know, when I I got back to work or able to come back to the office about five weeks ago, and and heard that sound, it was rather comforting, uh, you know, to get get back to some sort of normalcy. Right, Jack. When uh, when and if news starts to come out of the Southern Miss camp about COVID testing, uh, positive, negative results, that sort of thing. Uh, has there been any indication to you how that'll be distributed to the public and how often that testing will take place? Uh, I don't. I, I mean, I, testing going on all the time. Uh, I don't. I don't know how. I don't think we will do a lot of releasing of information just for uh, HIPAA concerns. Mm-hmm. You know, our player HIPAA concerns. You know, you may you may see a, a, us release that data every now and then. I don't think it'll come on a regular basis. Uh, again, just uh, for 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 HIPAA and um, just to protect our our uh, student athletes' privacy. Mm-hmm. And um, but um, you know, yeah, we just we continue to, to 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 do those types of things to get ready. Yeah, on a scale of one to ten, how weird has this been, Jack? Well, it has to be a ten, <laughs> at least. I mean, right. have you ever? You know, I mean. I mean, we've all gone through hurricane scenarios, uh, you know, where we've been displaced. But, you know, after a certain amount of time, you kind of get back to normal. I'm not sure that we're – I mean, we're trying to get back to normal. I don't know how close we are. Right. But, you know, until we get a vaccine on this, uh, you know, who knows what our world looks like. Right. um yeah, it's, it's definitely a 10. There's no doubt about that. But look, we appreciate you staying in touch with us. And look, <clears throat> if you make any decisions about any major you're, cancellations, will you be sure to let the Eagle Hour know? You'll be the first one I call. All right. Like, Jack, if, you, like if you cancel Jack, the playoffs we, we or know anything. You, yeah, yeah, let us know that. I want the McRib back on the McDonald's menu. So see if you can pull that off, too, because I know you. <laughs> that'll you, be, you know, that'll you be my second call. <laughs> Jack Duggan, everybody, Sports Information Director for the University of Southern Mississippi. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, guys. Have a good We'll be right back.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank our good buddy Jack Duggan for joining us in the first segment. Jack, of course, the Sports Information Director at Southern Miss, always a guy that'll come on and talk to you about anything, and uh, we certainly do appreciate Jack uh, keeping us up to date as to the status of things at Southern Miss. Pretty quiet, as you heard him say right now. Thank everybody on hold, and I guess the next big uh, axe to fall one way or another will be this decision uh, by the SWAC conference uh, later today. That that decision uh, will affect a lot of schools other than just Southern Miss. I, I think there's some SWAC schools on LSU's schedule, as, as really as, as, a, as well as a lot of uh, uh, bigger Division One programs uh, play non-conference games against some of the schools from the SWAC. So that's, that's going to have a pretty significant impact. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. We appreciate their support of the show. and invite you to go to their website at campusbookmark.net to shop for the latest Southern Miss apparel. Or if you choose, you can go to their store. They're open uh, now some hours, Monday through Saturday, on Hardy Street across from the Southern Miss campus. All right, Luke, uh, this SWAC announcement is uh, going to be huge for, for a lot of schools in the southeastern uh, part of the country, but probably none any bigger than Southern Miss because that would undoubtedly have been the biggest home field payday of the year may still happen but uh, if it doesn't uh, that is another knock in the wallet to the southern miss football program it is and it's going to be uh it's just hard to make it up i can't i remember when i was a redshirt freshman jackson state came in and it's the first time i saw the sonic boom in person and i was i believe the hype Southern uh, Southern University came in. Um, Alcorn's come in the last few years, and swag swag fans love their football. And I tell you what, it makes when a swag team is in the stadium, it makes it for an exciting uh, atmosphere. Right. And I mean, let's be honest. The last few times we played, uh, when we played Jackson State, you know, we beat them and stuff. But you know, there, there's an entertainment aspect to uh, what their band brings and and the type of football they play and. It's just it's something that uh, it's a cultural deal too. I mean, it's great to roll up on campus and and see just how those people from the, the SWAC schools love their football, and they man they'll be they'll be grilling some awesome stuff. The it seems like the the campus smells a a little better, uh, and I mean that you know there's more meat being cooked on site right. and. Yeah, it's just uh, it's it's unfortunate. It, it, everybody, it's what I told Jack. It just stinks all the way around. Um, it's good for the state. It's good for uh, college football in the state. It's good for uh, they they get paid money. We get better gate attendance, and uh, it's just it's an exciting atmosphere. So everybody loses out on it. No question. Other news that just occurs almost daily: the California High School Athletic Association uh, voted over the weekend. All this is huge. All high school football in the huge state of California postponed until the earliest start date would be mid-December to mid to late January. So that's stunning news coming out of the state of California. Also, the SEC announcing over the weekend that all of any of its athletes that uh, choose to opt out of football season because of COVID-19 uh, can do so without penalty and will, of course, keep their scholarships. I wonder, though, uh, of those two things, uh, this thing in California, this could really be significant, I think, Luke. It could be, but at the same time, we're dealing with, with high school f- football and we're dealing with California. So, you know, 
if California or New York are going to be, or some of the New England states are going to be the first people to pull the plug, and it's just because um, the ideology with the decision makers out there. Now, here's where I get nervous. If Texas announces that, it's it's over. Okay, mm-hmm. if obviously Texas football, Friday Night Lights, California football, probably the two best states in the country um, because of size and because of population. But I don't think California will set the precedent for what happens in Mississippi or the Southeast. Now, if Louisiana does it or Texas does it or Florida does it, yeah, game over. Uh, I, I, f- I figured this announcement would come from California. So I, I, with, with them doing that, expect the Pac-12 to make an announcement soon also. Right. NFL front Oakland Raiders owner Mark Davis uh, says over the weekend it's very likely – that his team will play in their new 70,000-seat stadium without fans. He says Clark County, Nevada, has over 30,000 cases of COVID-19 right now. He is not convinced that the NFL has the proper protocols in effect to protect fans and players, and thus says uh, he is preparing to refund the money to his uh, season ticket holders, which, by the way, they had sold every single ticket uh, to every game in the new stadium, and now the owner uh, steps up and says he may not let anybody in his stadium. And you said that's not the only NFL team that made such an announcement over the weekend. Yeah, just real quick on the Raiders. What's unfortunate if that takes place? You know, for for us as as Saints fans, it was going to be unbelievable because regular season week two Monday night football at the Raiders. I know several people from around here that were actually going to that game. So that's that's unfortunate. That would have been an unbelievable, crazy game for Monday Night Football uh, if that happens, doesn't take place. But, yeah, on, on the rest of the NFL front, just came out. This is off uh, NJ.com, so uh, NewJersey.com. Giants and Jets will play their 2020 home games at MetLife Stadium without fans. Also, uh, Rutgers is going to limit their crowd to below 500 spectators. So um, that's specifically, and that's coming from a, a statewide ruling on that, uh, Governor Murphy setting that out. So, yeah, Giants and Jets, MetLife, no fans. As bad as Jets fans or as bad as Jets football can get, I don't think there's ever been a time a Jets game has been played with no fans, but it's going to happen in 2020. No, they're they're pretty rabid fans. Now, here, here's a... Here's a fascinating story. You and I had both picked up on this. Uh, and I read this at Forbes.com, uh, obviously the website of Forbes magazine, that the players from California, Berkeley, and Arizona State and some other Big 12 programs have been meeting about the potential of a Pac-12 player boycott unless demands are met. And so apparently the players, some of the players in the Pac-12 have have created a list of demands which include 50-50 revenue sharing with the conference, six years of health insurance paid to every player post-graduation, and better COVID testing and protocol uh, policies. Did you ever think you'd live long enough to see college football players threatening to boycott unless they had health insurance? Uh, it's somebody stirring the pot behind the scenes. Rudy Carpenter, who's former Arizona State quarterback, he he tweeted this out uh, this past weekend. And you know, here, here's the thing with it: 
College football players, because of the millions and millions and millions of dollars that it generates, and this is kind of the same movement that happened right after I got done playing. There was a uh, a class action lawsuit against EA Sports because we were all on the EA Sports college football video game every year after year, and this gets into the whole name and likeness. And you know, they would have me out there, and I really liked the body shape that EA Sports gave me uh, because it looked way better than my own. But yeah, you could look at the Southern Miss roster, and you know that was Luke Johnson on your PlayStation or your Xbox. And so there was a class action lawsuit, and you know Ed O'Bannon led that up, and he won. Um, it, it's kind of the thing here: college football players, in some ways, they I don't think they realize the leverage that they have. Should they use that leverage? Absolutely not. But at the same token, it only takes a few Power Five guys and a few Heisman Trophy con- uh, contenders just to get behind a microphone like this and, and push for a revenue sharing with the players. I think people forget in this process that you're getting your you're getting everything taken care of while you play college football. Um, but yeah, obviously somebody's behind this and Bob, believe it or not, I know you would never guess this. It's actually coming from uh players from uh California Berkeley. Hmm. Berkeley Amazing. the uh the the centerpiece of uh re- reasonable logical thinking. I, I know well there's you, little, think that well, there's little, you played there didn't you? So you played on that campus. Am I right about that? It's on a side of the mountain. Uh-huh. So occasionally, you know, they'll have a little dirt comes down. I think all the IQ points fell down the mountain too because mm-hmm. it's uh yeah, I, I get it. I, I get it. I get it. I you know, I was a special teams player. Um, I, I wouldn't get hit in the head. I wouldn't get in my body lit up. I, I understand the general synopsis of it. I, I get that. But you are you should not be able to take college football hostage and basically demand that you want 50-50 revenue sharing. Because how does that work? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. And it just seems extreme. It seems like what you're already getting, you're thumbing your nose at in an attempt to get a whole lot more. Fair to say you you think there's probably somebody that maybe is not a college football player putting this in the heads of these kids. It just, it just doesn't strike me that your average kid that goes off to play college football is sitting down in his spare time, you know, trying to calculate what the revenue sharing should be and how many years of health care coverage and what deductibles they should get when they graduate. I mean, is that a correct assumption on my part? That's generally not the way college football players think. Yeah, I mean, it trickles down, though, because the first-round draft picks, I mean, they will take out insurance policies even when they're playing college football. So, I mean, yeah, there is a trickle-down effect where there is far more professionalism. I've been out 15 years. There's far more professionalism and stuff like that in college football than there was when I played, and I think it's only going to increase as we uh, you know, continue on. 15 years since you played college football, Luke? Luke? I'm here. Luke's not answering that question. Kelly Santer returns to the Eagle Hour right after this. Southern Miss to the top. 
Back on the first day of the work week, thank you for joining us on the Eagle Hour. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Well, Bob, um, just can't can't uh, get over it. It's a monumental day on the, uh, the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander is... Back. back and we're glad he's back uh bad news today in mississippi guys uh the the largest single count of COVID 19 in one day 1251 cases diagnosed on sunday hospitalizations have increased from 560 to 909 patients in the last 20 days icus from 147 to 210 yesterday the head of the state health department said the eight largest hospitals in mississippi currently have no ICU beds available because of COVID-19. 43,380 Mississippians have been struck down by this uh, terrible virus. And it hit home It hit home with us uh, back in July. We haven't said anything on the air. We were very concerned. We're very glad that he's back with us right now. But our, our, our buddy Kelly Sander, Kelly, I think it's important to point out that the three of us are, are friends away from this show. It's not just a matter of us getting together uh, once a, once a day. So Luke and I were very concerned about you. You and I have been staying in really close touch, but uh, we can reveal now that you fell victim to COVID nineteen, and fortunately, you're much much better and back today. So if you will, Kelly, share your story with our listeners, and I, I think you have a very powerful message. Well, Bob, I, I think I was you know we, we joke about me partying with rock stars and and going being in all these different towns, but I honestly think I I was infected in Atlanta somewhere, uh, just based on the timing of it, um, some, sometime in very late June. Um, I started showing symptoms on July 1st, uh, low-grade temperature. I always like to sleep with the house pretty cool, and I just, I just couldn't get it cool enough to where I wasn't sweating. That's, that's where it started with me, <clears throat> you know, low-grade low fever. Then... About day two, the nausea started to kick in. Of course, I have, hadn't hardly eaten anything, but I was still, um, you know, signs of nausea there. Uh, and because I was nauseous, I didn't didn't eat anything. And then those symptoms became a little bit stronger on the third day. Uh, I actually wound up driving home, and by the grace of God, I felt okay, you know, to drive home. But days five through about twelve. Uh, and and I look, I tested. I immediately came back to Hattiesburg. I tested. I knew I had it. I mean, you just all, all the things added up. I was you know out of town. Um, didn't really do anything crazy out of town, but I was around you know other people. Um, and so so again, I think I was in, infected in Atlanta, but tested positive in in uh, and figured that I was. And day five through twelve was the most physically demanding time of my entire life. It is as sick as I have ever been. I was so fatigued. I was so worn out. I could hardly lift my head off, off the couch. Um, now, praise God, my, I never had the respiratory issues that some people were having, but my oldest daughter is a nurse, who, and she happens to be the COVID uh, officer for her entire company. And she was saying, you've got to do these breathing exercises. You've got you know, keep your arms above your head and 
breathe deeply 10 times, you know, every half hour, walk up and down the stairs at the house once an hour. Um, I couldn't get comfortable sleeping. I couldn't get comfortable in a chair. I couldn't get comfortable laying down. So for about five straight days of agony, I was wide awake and just, just couldn't, just couldn't do much of anything. Then your mind starts to race. Okay. My lungs are okay this hour, but are they going to get worse next hour? Uh, am I going to die from this? If I have to go to the hospital, you know, am I going to be able to get there? Are they going to have room for me? So all of these things just begin to race through your mind. And again, by the grace of God, my lungs were always pretty fully oxygenated and my heart never really, you know, went above a normal heart rate. So as far as that goes, I can probably say that I got a, a, I guess you'd have to say mild case, but you also have to keep it in perspective. I'm nearly 60 years old. I weigh more than I should. And doctors have said, you know, that, look, I don't have any underlying medical issues except the fact that you're heavy. You don't want it and you, you, you feel fatigued and don't want to get up off the couch. That's problematic because then the virus attacks your lungs. If you're laying down and you're not being active at all, then the virus will get into your lungs, and that's when you can't breathe. That's when you can't do the things that you need to do, and that's where you get into trouble. Uh, but it's a full 21-day cycle, and I'm, I'm 20 days in. I'm not contagious anymore, and glory be to God, I'm feeling so much better in the past four, four days. But I'm telling you, if Governor Reeves would not have to tell anybody to wear a mask if they had this thing like I did. Mm-hmm. I'm in my house walking around with a mask on, you know, right. nobody has come in contact my, in my house, you know, I'm having groceries delivered, you know, all those sorts of things. Miss Angela, your wife was so sweet, brought me over a big, big pot of a uh, chicken noodle soup. And I, I have no idea why she doesn't want that container back. No, she said you could keep that Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll bet. Um, and my neighbors have been great, but the bottom line is, is look, we got very smart people working on treatments and vaccines. In fact, just last hour, Great Britain has said that their first trial of vaccine did exactly what they wanted it to do, no side effects. I really think by the first of the year, we would have better treatments, if not vaccines. If you've had this thing and looked this beast in the eye like I have and had to deal with it, by far the sickest I've ever been, wearing a mask you would do gladly, gladly. And if I have to stay in my house until the end of December, that's what I will do. Because I've seen it, it's ugly, and this is nothing anybody wants to deal with. And don't, the younger people need to understand, too, it's no picnic for them either. They might be able to deal with it a little bit better, but there are a lot of 20-somethings that are getting this and having, and having problems. And as I think about football, you know, high school football, what have you. Yeah, younger younger kids can deal with it easier, but what happens if you go play a football game and everything's fine, you, you get, the, get the virus, you're asymptomatic, but just because you're asymptomatic doesn't mean you can't give it to somebody else. Yeah. Right? So you're not showing any symptoms, but you have the virus. So you go home and accidentally give it to mom and dad or me, mom and people, then, then we got a whole, you know, then we got a whole other issue. Right. Well, we can all speculate about all of this, and we can all have our opinions, but i got to tell you, 
uh, and you know, I've had a lot of conversations during your illness because we've been kind of keeping a close eye on you. But uh, uh, you, you brought it home to me, brother. And and I think until you experience it, uh, as you've just said, you, you probably can't fully appreciate it. Luke, what do you want to say to Kelly? I'm just glad you're feeling better, brother. I'm yeah, just glad uh, we are. <clears throat> you're, you're like, I know you guys had a lot of, a lot of prayer warriors, um, you know, <clears throat> working for me. And, and that's always the first resort, not the last resort. But um, it's nothing, it is not, nothing to play with. And it is, I've never been more scared in my life that, that, that it was going to take me. Hmm. Hmm. So, but you're better uh, now, I, correct? I think it's important to point out you do seem to be, you do yeah. seem to be on the good side of this now. Yes, but except for my perspective, Bob, my perspective on a lot of things have changed. I right. mean, you know, I do a lot of sports play by play and, things like that and I've and I've reached out to some people who we work for independently and I said if there is football this fall I'm out. Right. I'm not I'm not going into press boxes where I don't know who's been in there or Right. You, you know, and and if if people want to make fun of me for that, if people want to make fun of me for wearing a mask, have at it. No, well they're not. Um, they shouldn't. They they really should not. Kelly, uh, we got a minute left this segment. We're gonna hold you over for the last segment because you got a little sports news you want to talk about. Right. But but you said, and I think this is important for people to hear. It, it wasn't like you went to Atlanta and just got reckless. I mean, no. you you were you were being rather conservative in your behavior, and you still contracted it, which is another lesson I think people ought to learn. And that's why I'm sitting here in my house by myself and couldn't be happier. Um, that's the only guarantee that I've got. Then, then, like I said, that my, my entire perspective on this has changed and, and, and not just temporarily, Bob, I think, I think it's, it's been so impactful that I have reassessed a lot of things. I, you know, I, I'm very young at heart. I like being around a lot of, a lot of younger people, uh, and cause they're, they're active and activities and things and so on, but my body's not young anymore. And I have to remember that. Right. I have to remember my limitations. Right. Well, first and foremost, we're glad you're you're well. You're you're getting better. I'm not going to say you're well. We're we're glad you're getting better. Um, I know it was a week ago last Friday night that you and I were communicating. I was very concerned about you, Kelly. I got to tell you. I, I know you are, Bob, and I and I appreciate. And uh, we're just glad you're back. And, and, and of course, Kelly, being the guy he is, even though he's not feeling 100%, he comes back with news to share on the Eagle Hour. And uh, I know I speak for Luke when I say we're delighted to hear you and, and delighted to have you back. And look forward to what you have to tell us about sports on the other side of the break. You good for that? Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I'm looking forward All to right. it. Kelly Sanders stays with us. We'll hear from Kelly. He's got some, some more news about football right after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on the Eagle Hour on a Monday, Toyota of Hattiesburg brings you the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. Located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg and online, toyotahattiesburg.com. Let Toyota of Hattiesburg help you with your next automobile, truck, or SUV purchase. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg 
in beautiful downtown. Laura, I want to take just a second and give uh, Southern Miss baseball head coach Scott Berry a happy birthday oh, wish from yeah. the Eagle Hour. So, uh, Coach Berry, um, we know you listen every day, and uh, happy birthday to you, sir. Thirty. Uh, before Kelly breaks down some uh, some more news for us, just uh, I want to let you guys know Antonio Brown. Uh, is retiring from the NFL. This is the uh, the latest retirement announcement from Antonio Brown since he made his first uh, retirement announcement on September 22nd. So Antonio Brown, like Johnny Manziel, realizing that his football career is probably over. Uh, we return with Kelly Sander back uh, feeling much better. And like always, he's always got his ear to the ground. Kelly, you got some more news for us too. Yeah, the Antonio Brown announcement is that his his that announcement is as big a surprise as probably the end of the political career of Kanye West. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure that it really got. Kelly's far coming off. back, I can tell. Either, but uh, yeah, feeling a little bit better. Yeah, you guys mentioned earlier on today's Eagle Hour that um, that the state of California now has made the decision to move high school football to the fall. Virginia and New Mexico now have also have also made that decision that those uh, that those Football games will be moved to the spring. I think Luke made a really good point about uh, you know if Texas and and Louisiana you know do it, then then there might have some more far-reaching you know, implications in Mississippi. But most most of the high schools now in Mississippi look like they're going to play you know district only type of situations and and start the start the season a little bit later. Again, if nothing else, it buys them a little bit more time. Jamie Pollard, the athletic director at Iowa State University, which, of course, has a lot of Southern Miss ties. The alumni association director up there is a Southern Miss grad. But Jamie Pollard, in a letter to alumni over the weekend, said that uh, that if Iowa State doesn't play football this fall, it would, it would mean a shortfall of $40 million to the Iowa State athletic budget and that sports would have to be axed for no other reason than there's no funding for them. The last time Iowa State dropped some sports was 2001 when baseball, swimming, and diving were axed because of uh, some improvements and upgrades in the, in the football facilities and programs there. So um, they're not the first school to, to talk about dropping sports. Some schools, a lot of them even closer to home, you know, have, uh, have already dropped uh, some sports. So um, the far-reaching effects of this will still, still to come and will still be heard from. Right. I just uh, I just saw an article, guys, uh, that just came up uh, that Auburn, uh, anticipating the SWAC announcement, uh, now talking in terms of having lost its first two games. North Carolina not going to be traveling to Auburn to play since it's a non-conference ACC game, apparently. And, uh, and now they're preparing to lose a game with uh, Alcorn State. So uh, the financial repercussions, guys, just seem to be rolling in daily. I mean, it's just like something every day. And I find it really interesting that Conference USA hasn't even set a date for media day. Wow. You know, all the other conferences, whether they're doing it virtually or whatever, they're saying, okay, our, our football media day is July, whatever, August 1st or 2nd, whatever. Conference USA, <clears throat> pardon me, Conference USA hasn't set any date right. for, for football. So what does that tell you about what they're anticipating? Right. And, you know, if, if the SEC goes with the decision of just conference games only. Well, then Southern Miss, there's another open date for the Eagles because they're scheduled to play at Auburn. Mm -hmm. But not only would that be devastating from an open date standpoint, because you've already lost Alcorn now, but the paycheck 
The paycheck that you'd get going to Auburn would be lost. Probably the two biggest paychecks of the year would be the Auburn game and the Jackson State game, right, Luke? That'd have to be the two big ones. Auburn's $1.85 million. Jackson State would probably be your best uh, gate you know, revenue uh, game uh, of the year. So that's right. what it hurts. I still feel like, though, that Liberty, it's in Liberty's best interest for us to play up there. Uh, I think they're still an independent until next year. So you get 500000 going there. But I'll tell you what. You know, if, if the SEC, though, if, if they cancel, though, there's, there's a buyout process. Or it's like what we talked about early, uh, late last week. They would sweeten the pot and basically give us a return game and, and pay us more when we would go back. But there's there's some recourse. It's not just like all these group of five schools are going to lose the total amount. They'll get something out of it. Yeah, but you but you still got you still got budgets and people you got to pay in the meantime. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So where does well, that that's money why come That's from? why you donate to the Eagle Club, Kelly. So that's the idea. I mean, you, you live at you live at Canebrake. You know that that is the idea for sure. Yeah, but no. you know, and and people have been buying season tickets, you know, anticipating that there is going to be a, a season, and very few people are talking about you know wanting their money back. So that's a good sign. But but for sure, it's going to change the landscape. Continue to change the landscape. Right. We should be able to report on the Jackson State game tomorrow. I understand they're meeting this afternoon. Uh, the SWAC officials to make a decision will, of course, uh, pass that along to you. Kelly, I just can't tell you how good it is to hear you back up and uh, and talking. We're so grateful uh, that you got through this. We're sorry you had to deal with it, brother, but we're we're really really happy that you're feeling better. I'm just uh, thank you so much for the kind words and all the support and ready to rock and roll. But everybody, wear your mask. Just do it. I Good. told you, I told you, I told you, Bob's Bob's still kind of concerned about your mind. He said it's still sick, but just glad your body's yeah, getting better. Yeah. It'll take a little longer for him to recover that part, I think, for sure. That'll never recover. It's always been like that. We're glad you're good, brother. We'll talk to you Thank tomorrow. You. That wraps it up. Until tomorrow, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.